AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by CHS. CHS is a leading global agribusiness owned by farmers, ranchers, and cooperatives across the United States, diversified in energy, grains, and foods. CHS is committed to helping its customers, farmer owners, and other stakeholders grow their businesses through its domestic and global operations. And now, AgriPulse Open Mic. Congresswoman Lynn Jenkins from Kansas, thank you very much for joining us on this edition of AgriPulse Open Mic. Thanks for having me. Ms. Jenkins, you are a member of Congress from the Eastern District of Kansas, taking in Topeka, Kansas City, and South. And you have a district that is both urban and rural. You also are joining with others, particularly Senator Roy Blunt from Missouri, on the Citizens Empowerment Act. Can you tell us more about that? Well, the federal agencies these days don't only get to write the rules, but they get to enforce them as well. And it's been noted recently that a citizen has about ten times uh, more chance of being tried by an agency than by an actual court in any given year. And so what this bill does, the Citizens Empowerment Act, is it creates uh, a right for individuals to record their meetings and telephone conversations with federal regulatory officials who are engaged in enforcement activities, and it also requires that individuals be notified of their right to do so. Are you giving the impression here that when you go against a federal agency, you're guilty until proven innocent? It many times feels like that based on the conversations we've had with Kansans over the years. And uh, we were pleased the bill was reported out of uh, the House Committee, the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee last week, uh, and it's going to the floor this week and will be voted on. We are uh, anticipating passage, at which time uh, it will head to the Senate, although, as you mentioned, Senator Blunt has introduced a companion bill on that side as well. Well, now to, uh, to take this a little further... Let's say that you as a citizen are approached by an agency, uh, confronted by an agency, and you today want to record your conversation with them. Is that against the law to do? In many states it is. I can think of 12 uh, right off the bat where you are not allowed to do that. The only agency right now where you have a right uh, to record a conversation is with the Internal Revenue Service. And as I've said, we've heard stories regardless of what the agency is. It could be HUD, it could be the EPA, it could be the USDA, financial regulators. Uh, we hear stories, uh, Ken, of all-out extortion from some federal uh, regulators. And this just gives an individual the right to record the conversation, and so hopefully it protects uh, the honest uh, regulators and the ones that aren't uh, such good actors, uh, holds them accountable. Well, if you take it a step further and you're moving then to the confrontation with them, would you have to go to a district court to do that, or would there be some way within the agency itself you could get a fair hearing? Well, we would like to think, given uh, the transparency now, 
of the discourse that we're having that the number of lawsuits would be reduced because regulators would know uh, the limits with which they have to work in. But certainly that would be an option if you had something uh, that you felt was an infringement of, on your right and it was a an action you could bring in court, you would have some evidence. But my intent is that regulators would, would simply... Uh, be reined in a bit, if you will, knowing uh, that they are now accountable for everything they say when they're out at one of my constituents' uh, place of business or homes. One of the agencies agriculture is most concerned with is the Environmental Protection Agency, and one that appears to have used uh, lawsuits as uh, regulation rather than the uh, system by which we put in place in Congress um, and you've got a story of a contractor in Topeka who had the EPA tell him he had to see if there was an endangered beetle population on a site. He went through lots of hoops, and it didn't really go anywhere for him. Can you draw us any moral to that story? Well, again, it just is a cringe-worthy story that drives home the uh, the resources that my constituents have to expend, the time and the energy, uh, the talent and the treasure they have to use to jump through the hoops for federal agencies uh, that get you nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was just uh, the the story was it was a contractor that was asked uh, to draw out uh, potential endangered beetles that may have resided in southeast Kansas uh, before they were to lay uh, some uh, pipe in the ground. And so they were told to drop raw chickens along the route, and that would draw up the the beetles should they actually exist there. And everyone in Kansas knows before dusk the coyotes had gotten all the chickens. And so then they came back and said, well, uh, given uh, that outcome, perhaps you should build uh, wire cages around the dead chickens and try again. And so you can imagine just the frustration. Uh, when I heard the story, I thought it was a joke, and then I realized uh, – that this is the things uh, folks are dealing with every day from their federal government, and uh, it, it just needs to stop. Let me move on to another area, and that is the Farm Bill. And you said in an area that's strongly agricultural. Uh, you voted for a Farm Bill in July that did not have a nutrition title, and I understand you're on a working group trying to find a consensus on what the nutrition title now should look like. Can you give us any idea of what you're drawing out that you want to put forward from the House of Representatives on a nutrition title? Well, if, if you recall, our first attempt was to do it uh, the way it's been done for decades in this town, which was to marry uh, the nutrition title with the farm title, uh, do it in a bipartisan manner, and bring it to the floor. That's the way the Senate did their bill, and that's the way we uh, were going to do our bill. The problem was we got to the floor and the Democrat coalition uh, fell apart on their chairman. And within uh, seconds of the final vote, uh, approached him and said they were withholding their votes. And so the, that bill was lost the traditional way. And so that's why then we had, and, and I supported that bill, of course, 
but then we had to regroup after that uh, with no bipartisan support. We had to, as a majority in the House, uh, get our work done. And so we came back and asked our members, how do you want to proceed? And they said, well, we want to split the two titles and get them uh, out of the House that way. So, yes, we passed the farm title uh, Shortly after the the first one went down, I supported that, and now we're back at the table trying to uh, come up with a nutrition title. But people need to keep in mind uh, that the nutrition programs are included in the autopilot spending programs. They don't need an authorization bill to be funded. So if the if the year uh, comes to a close at the end of September, and we have not addressed. Uh, the nutrition title with an authorization bill, those checks are just cut. Uh, there is nothing stopping those checks. That is not true with the farm bill, and that's why there was an, an, an urgency of getting the farm title done because those programs are not auto programs, and so our farmers and ranchers, uh, producers that rely on crop insurance uh, would be uh, without any kind of safety net. And so uh, we're going to continue to to work on a nutrition title, and our intent is to get that done before uh, the end of the fiscal year. Let's pursue that nutrition title from the perspective of the House. Do you anticipate that if you put a nutrition title forward and put it into a bill, it will be X billion dollars less than the Senate version? Well, I will tell you right now, our discussions are not about billions cut. We are focused on the policy. We figure if you get the public policy right, then the numbers take care of themselves. But obviously, we've got a real challenge uh, on this front. Today, one in six Americans are on food assistance. We want to get back to the Clinton days when it was just one in 16 uh, but we've seen a 145% increase in just six short years uh, to these programs. So while the dollars are important, what we're focused on uh, in our discussions with members is what public policy uh, do we need to focus on. With all the challenges we have, do you think this might be the last farm bill? Oh, right now I'm just focused on getting this one done. Ms. Jenkins, thank you very much for being our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. You bet. You have a great week. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by CHS, a leading global agribusiness owned by farmers, ranchers, and cooperatives across the United States. I'm Ken Root.